0: For everything. For everything Andy. For everything Colts. It's the Blue Horseshoe now. Here's your host, George Bremer and Ryan Hickey. And welcome back into the Blue Horseshoe Podcast. Ryan Hickey, George Bremer here with you as the regular season finale has come and gone. Colts lose 32-31 to the Houston Texans. The Texans lose the number one overall pick. That now goes to the Chicago Bears. And the Colts right now will have a top five pick. We'll see at least as we're recording this, you know, still some scenarios play out. But they will have no worse than five when the NFL draft does come around in April. Make sure, as you can tell, we're having a very busy offseason. That's for really, George. It's kind of like now that the regular season is over, now it's like the fun starts. Now the busyness starts with all the different head coaching uh Opportunities and decisions and interviews, and obviously what to do in the draft. So, make sure you're downloading and subscribing to the Blue Horseshoe Podcast. It's going to be a very busy offseason for sure. All right, George. So, Jeff Saturday had his last opportunity on Sunday in order to make any sort of, of, of last-ditch effort to keep uh, the head coaching job and, and being the permanent head coach of the Colts. And instead, they lose to, again, the team that came in with the worst record in the NFL: 32-31. You blow a seven-point lead and allow Davis Mills to drive right down the field. For a touchdown, a two point conversion. And now Jeff Saturday in his eight games as head coach, one and seven, seven trade losses. George, look, I'm not even gonna ask you if this is we talked like five weeks ago we talked about him not being the head We, we talked about when he was hired, he's not gonna be the permanent head coach. But again, Jim Ursay is continuing to to throw it out there and say he's a viable option. If you're Jim Ursay, well I guess I'll ask you this it, what can you say at this point to convince yourself that he could be the guy?
1: I don't think he needs to commit himself. I don't know what he can say to anybody else. I mean, I think he is convinced. He's he's a big Jeff Saturday fan. He's made that clear from from the get go. I don't know what he can say to to anybody else other than I'm the owner and I can do what I want. I think mean, that's that's the bottom. I I can't come up with any other rationale. And when I say that, it's not a knock on Jeff Saturday the person. You know, I want to make that clear. Like everybody likes Jeff Saturday. He's a Colts legend. He He's going to remain in the ring of honor here. What he's done for this franchise as a player should not be under underestimated in any way, shape or form. Um, but I, it's, it's, I cannot come up with a way. I, I feel like if you were playing Madden and you tried to extend your interim coach after this, the game wouldn't let you do it. You know? <laughs> Would you say, no, this is, you you can't do this. Um I, I, I can't come up with with, with an option. Now, I, one thing I do think is kind of interesting. You always look at, like, numbers and, and how things play out. Point differential at the end of the day with this one-point loss is 87. So, we've got Reggie Wayne's jersey number for the point differential for Jeff Saturday's coaching tenure here uh, in Indianapolis.
0: In eight games, a whopping eight games in 87, negative 87-point differential, which, again, you want to do some quick math there. Just over, uh, at that point, what, over 10 points, a game basically on average, you're losing by, which is – Making this team not competitive. I was laughing, George. I will say you made a very funny comment unintentionally. You said that they're gonna keep him in the ring of honor. I just then I just picture like Jim Mersey in the in the press box or in his owner's suite after today's game, so upset, losing the Texas we're you know, ripping it down. We're we're t- take down Jeff Saturday, 99 to twenty eleven. Take it down, he's out of the ring of he's not only getting not getting the head coach's job, he's out of the ring of honor. There's one owner to do it, I can't see Jeff Saturday uh, Jim Mersey just in his rage, in a fit of rage doing that for sure. But yeah, also, I, I,
1: like, I've said for weeks I'm not going to rule out anything yeah. from this season, <laughs> so that's a non-zero chance.
0: With the drama and just crazy news and and frankly uh, baffling news that's come out, frankly each and every week, I like I say, wouldn't be surprised at this point if Jeff if Demers is like, yeah, actually Jeff said we're going we're to take his name down. That was just that was so bad he embarrasses us so much that we're going to we can't put him in the Ring of Honor anymore. We're going to try to erase him from cult history for sure, but. I will suggest, I mean look, we've bashed Jeff Jeff for a while. He's not a very good head coach. But I think one thing is, is important to mention is that like we mentioned when he was first hired, he's in an impossible situation. Right? This yeah. is a situation where he really had no chance to succeed whatsoever. It was basically you can have the guys play hard for eight games and we kinda of saw that at the end not even be the case. But again, when you're when you make all these decisions, when you're jerking guys around and making moves that make no sense, it's tough to kinda of buy in at this point in the season. So I, I really can't get him on on, uh, on that for uh get him on get on him for too much of that but at the end of the day like i said he's never really had a chance and i think too george if we need example number 10,951 we got that uh on sunday because the fact that jeff saturday really thought after an offsides penalty in what was i believe was the first half if i'm not mistaken or maybe the third third quarter i think it was
1: third quarter I think.
0: You, you go from the six yard line you're gonna line up for a field goal then you get the offsides, half, uh, half the distance. goal. it's fourth and three. Then from the three yard line, and he initially runs the field goal unit or keeps him on the field. That shoots. So I didn't even think about it. does not even hesitate. And needs the chorus of booze from the Colts fans that were there in order to say, "Oh, maybe I should go for this." Call a timeout. Then go for it. Then right then and there, George. Again, you don't need any more reasons. We, we ran out of reasons in like week two of him uh, in his tenure as why he shouldn't be that coach. But that's just another reason. You cannot be one you're just. Um, pressured by the fans to make a decision either way. But two, I mean, fourth and three, dude. It, it's you're four, eleven and one. What are we doing? Right. Like, like, guys, what are we doing?
1: I mean, I, that's to me one of the big things too. I mean, there's a lot. Uh, we've we've gone over many, many, many scenarios for why this doesn't work. But you kicked it on fourth and one from the five up in New York last week. We talked about that a little bit on on the pod that we did uh, in midweek because we didn't have a post game pod this week. But we talked a little bit about that the big one to me that minnesota comeback the first half three field goals kicked by the colts inside the 10 yard line three field goals inside the 10 yard line uh, and, and no one thinks you're going to blow a 33 point lead i'm not saying that it's just you've gone from one extreme to the other there i mean people didn't necessarily like frank reich uh going for it as often as he did and, and then you have just saturday kicking from inside the 10 uh so often so yeah it, look we said it the day was hired, it didn't change. I think I said it on that pod. People can go back and find it, throw it in my face if I didn't, but I'm pretty sure I said it on that pod. This is why people other owners don't make a change like this at midseason. You fire your coach at midseason, but you don't bring a guy in from the outside because it's never going to work. This is the outcome of that. You know, uh I I don't know outside of one obvious person, I don't know who thought the outcome was gonna be different <laughs> when you bring in Somebody who wasn't here for training camp, who didn't watch the first half of the season, not as intently as somebody who's coaching a team would. Uh, and then you're going to come in here in, in week nine and turn everything around. A couple of things, you know, before we get into some AFC South talk and some other things, a couple of things that really stick out to me. You go back to that Monday night game against the Steelers. They come into that game with almost the same record, the Colts and the Steelers. Today, the Colts were playing. The Steelers were playing for a chance to get an AFC wild card spot. They won their game, but they didn't get everything else to happen, and they didn't get in. But they had a shot still. Today, the Colts were playing their third game since they got eliminated from the playoffs. I mean, that to me is damning. As you're looking at an interim head coach, and then the other side of this is when he took over, Jacksonville was behind them. They were second in the division. Jacksonville was third. They were having a worse season than the Colts at that point. And last night, they won the AFC South. So, again, I mean, there's just two examples, turnarounds that happened in the same time frame that we're talking about. And Pittsburgh's even shorter, but in the same time frame that we're talking about, turnarounds that happened by established head coaches who, I guess, have fear in their hearts or something, but were able to get this done.
0: And even look like you look at Rich Piaccia last year at the Raiders, you look at who was the first time head coach. mind you, look at Steve Wilkes this year, who was a, a one year head coach in Arizona for it and fired what he's doing in Carolina this year where I know Carolina's record is not that much better than the Colts, but they were in a playoff race as as late as last week, and you look at these two teams last year at the Raiders, this year, at the Panthers, at least turning around and being competent and getting that like that jump that most interim coaches provide, like that's a thing, like that's part of the reason why sometimes coach or, or owners of gyms make a change. Sometimes you think, alright, we gotta make a change, we wanna make a change. And you wanna provide some sort of spark to what is a, a team that is dead midway through the year. You see it in all different sports and for the most part, a lot of teams respond in a positive way. Take a basketball, look at the Brooklyn Nets. They fire Steve Nash, Jock Vaughn comes in. Now the Nets are one of the best teams in the NBA. They've had the same talent, but now they've, they've put it together. And the Colts are like the only team I can think of, of my head in recent memory, George, really any sport. Where you had to interim, not only, well, he provided one week of spark, so we'll give him credit. Yeah, you had one game against the Raiders that provided a little bit of uh, spark and then got a jump. But other than that, this is this, this team is worse. Like, this team is worse than they were under Frank Reich. The last month of the year, they were more lifeless than they were under Frank Reich. And those last two games against the Commanders and the Patriots when Sam Allen were starting, it was some dark days. It was some dark days. And somehow, they're even more lifeless now than they were in those two games under Frank Reich. And it's like they just. Whatever and you know what number numbers you like to use point of a lot, which is very fair as well as to highlight just the the horrible job Jeff Satter's doing. You can point to at least ten different metrics easily and show you how worse this team has gotten with Jeff Satter's head coach creator where Frank Reich and you rarely see an interim do that bad of a job for such a short time in eight games. It's 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 remarkably it's remarkably bad, and again. Jim, I say, man, there's nothing you could say. I, I get you're right when I said he, what can he did to convince himself. He's already convinced himself, so that, that's right. He doesn't really care what others say because he did it on. He was a one man crew acting when he hired Jeff Saturday in the first place. But my oh my, like read the room. But like Jim, just open your eyes. Like take off the the Jeff Saturday colored glasses and look at how your team is playing in just one game out of the seven game stretch and see he's not the guy.
1: Yeah, no, I, you know, and I think it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, there's a lot of other rumors out there, uh, this weekend, as you would expect that this is the time of year that stuff starts coming up about other coaches, um, that are going to be interesting here. I mean, there's, there's a lot of things right now, linking Sean Payton to the Broncos. We'll see if that's something that actually happens. Uh, but as of Sunday, that was a hot topic, you know, with them talking with the saints and perhaps coming to a compensation agreement for, for a move there. Um, Jim Harbaugh's situation in Michigan, I think, is going to be an interesting situation. Uh, Sounds like he may not be a candidate in Carolina. If you take Denver off the board as well, we'll see what jobs open up Monday. But, you know, obviously that is narrowing down a little bit as well. Uh, you got to throw the Sean McVay situation in here. That's a crazy, crazy outcome up there, too. And if the Rams are open, you know, where does that go? Um, There's a lot still out there on the board. But I, I think it's the one thing everybody can agree with is that it shouldn't be Jeff Saturday. He should not be the next head coach, uh, full-time head coach here for the for the Indianapolis Colts.
0: So let's use common sense, George. Let's just say Jeff Saturday is, is out, right? We, this shouldn't even be a discussion, but again, with what we've seen this year, nothing like you said, nothing can be ruled out. But let's just say Jeff Saturday's not the guy. Let's go rapid fire. Like I said, there were, over the weekend, a few different rumors about a few different head coaching possibilities for the Colts here. That, were, that was interesting news. Let's start with the pie-in-the-sky uh, dream in Sean Payton. You mentioned he's got permission to... Talk uh talk to the Broncos, but it was interesting on the Fox pregame show on Sunday, he was talking to Peter Schrager, and they were kind of talking just openly, which is that was interesting, but they were talking openly basically about what Sean Payne is looking for and he, and he champagne uh, was asked basically is quarterback like the biggest thing you're looking for you want one established guy and he said champagne said no, it's ownership. basically, you know he wants to see ownership for an office head coach, what that kind of triumvirate, and, you know if they can work together that's kind of the biggest thing he's looking for. Fair to say, Sean Payton he doesn't care about as quarter uh, he doesn't care about quarterback as much as he does owner. Not that there was a real chance of him coming to India anyway, but yeah, cross the Colts off the list if the first thing he's looking for is owner.
1: Yeah, well, and I think that, you know, to kind of underline that and and spread it to some other candidates, if the Colts can trade for the number one overall pick, it's going to change the way this, this job is viewed, obviously, because you can pick your quarterback, theoretically, and you can groom that guy. And that's the dream for any head coach. You can come in and, and get your guy and grow with him. And that's that's the scenario that works best in the NFL. When we look at teams that have long-term success, that's usually it, right? A coach QB combo that came in together and and, and takes off. And so that's what everybody's looking for. But if you're Sean Payton, even if the Colts told you in the interview that they're going to trade up for number one, can you believe them right now? Do you do they have that credibility after what they've gone through this year? I think that's a big question. And that's for all the head coaches. If they bring in Jim Harbaugh, if they bring in Leslie Frazier, and they say, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna trade up with the Bears. We're gonna get them one overall pick." Do you trust that as as the head coach as a potential candidate coming in?
0: And also, too, they can't guarantee it. Like, we're talking about making the best offer no matter what. And maybe the Colts say, you know, we're going to do that. We're going to match whatever offer. But, like, what if the Texans offer, I don't know, three first-round picks for the first overall pick in the Bears? We'll go from number one to number two? Sure, no problem. And they say, well, they're going to take Houston's offer because they're higher up. There's nothing you can do. So, I mean, like, we could talk about, oh, dude, all you can to get the number one overall pick. But sometimes, like I said, just where other teams are. You, you, you know, there's no guarantee that they can be able to get the number one overall pick. So like I said, it's believability, number one, which is a question. And number two, it's also, you're not going to trade for it now. You're gonna, If you are to make a move, you would think bare minimum is going to come in, I don't know, two months from March. now. Like, right, March, yeah. you know, sometime in there. So by that point, you're going to have a head coach already. So you can't make the move first and then say, oh, look, we got the number one pick. Now hire a head coach. So it's going to be, like I said, tough.
1: I do think I think the Quentin Nelson deal came down around St. Patrick's Day. I want to say don't hold me okay. to that, but I think it might have been like right dead on it. The one that netted him uh, the trade down with the Jets. I do think it will come before free agency for that for the simple fact that both the Bears and the team that's going to get this quarterback are going to want to enter free agency knowing that's done. You want you want to go through free agency with the idea of how you know okay we're going to have a, a rookie quarterback. So what do we want to do to build him? And if you're Chicago, you want to you now know what you're getting back in return for this deal. And that's going to affect what you do in free agency too. So I, I would say early March would be my guess.
0: But still, either way, like we said, like it's going to be after head coach. is, no, is here. So you can't guarantee Months that. After. you can't pull the trigger on that deal first and then try to show, like Sean Payton. Hey, look, we got number one over pick you like Bryce. Lillen. Let's take him here and we'll go from there. It's yeah, it's, it's tough for sure. So trying to have Sean Payton believe in you and believe in a plan is going to be very tough. So like I think it's fair to cross his name off the list for the Colts. Um, Jim Harbaugh, you mentioned as well, two pieces of news that came out. It, it is looking like, you know, he's been in contact with the Panthers a good amount. And it sounds also like Jim Harbaugh's the one reaching out, not the other way around. He's kind of been the one that's kind of always, uh, been the, the first contact. Um, and it seems like one thing is the Panthers are are not terribly interested right now in Jim Harbaugh and they're going to take a good hard look at Steve Wilkes as their permanent head coach did a solid job of replacing that rule this year. And also too. Another report that came out from Albert Breer is that Jim Harbaugh, one of his preferred candidates as GM, is believed to be right now uh, at Dodds on the Colts staff, which is, again, another connection. And and it makes maybe that that Jim Harbaugh to Indy uh, possibility that much greater when the guy that maybe Jim Harbaugh wants to work for is already on your staff.
1: That'll be really interesting too. You know, could he broker could he broker a piece between Chris Ballard and Jim Harbaugh, for instance? Is he another go between? You've already had the the Jim Ursay connection there. You have what we've talked about for weeks with the the, the rest of that building. You know, people from secretaries to, to training people to equipment guys to to people in the kitchen. You know what I mean? That, that have been around uh, since the '90s, since since Jim Harbaugh was here, uh, who he knows and he understands how this organization works. You know, if you if there is, I always take that Albert beer is a great great reporter and and i think you can trust a lot of what he says uh but especially this time of year i think you have to take everything with a grain of salt because people have agendas not reporters people talking to reporters have agendas and are trying to get out there what they want to get out there um so it'll be interesting to see but i that to me is is a really interesting part of this element here um if that's true um it's just another thing that might push it in that direction and i think again when you're looking at this traffic That only helps you if you're Jim Harbaugh and you already felt like this might be your best spot because, you know, the owner and, you know, the city and and the rosters built in a similar way to your 49ers teams, as we've also been talking about for weeks here. If you already had those ideas in mind and now there's a chance, I mean, he's the one guy who we talked about before might not care who the quarterback is. But now that there's a chance that you could go up and pick your guy, isn't it just another sweeter sweetener here? I mean, isn't it just another cherry on, on top of the sundae?
0: Right, and even though it sounds like Carolina maybe is not as interested as he is in them, like it uh, makes the Colts a more attractive landing spot than the, the Panthers, because you have a, a great opportunity of getting the quarterback you want and getting the best quarterback in the draft for Carolina, who is uh, is going to have to move massive, massive, massive mountains if they want to accomplish that. So another feather in the Colts cap for sure.
1: The one other thing I wonder about, though, is if you Jim Harbaugh, and he is contacting the car- the The Panthers, and this has been the question we can't answer all along: how much interest does he really have come back to the NFL, and how much is this about trying to put pressure on Michigan to get an extension?
0: Right, or uh, maybe up his price for you know? Maybe he knows how Jim mercy operates and says, "I'm going to create a little competition with with the Panthers, and maybe that'll drive my price of Go, It's it's tough to say, as like I said. Also, it's like everyone does have an agenda, so everyone's like, you know. Jim Harbaugh reaching out or his representatives reaching out to may just be to drive interest up or maybe feel like the Colts have to panic and, all right, we'll give you the deal, whatever you want. Just, you know, get us here to create, you know, let's say false competition for Jim Harbaugh services. If really, maybe in reality, the Colts are the only team interested. I mean, I think a lot of teams would be interested in Jim Harbaugh. Um, but again, we, we don't know. He's one of those guys. He's very quirky. He, he's kind of a tough personality. We saw his last time he was in the NFL very successful, but also flamed out pretty fast. And again, left the team after four years. What is worse if you're being eight and eight? You rarely see that when you go to three NFC title games in a Super Bowl. But it's also, you got to, you know, deal with this personality as well. And maybe a lot of teams don't have the appetite for it, which I, I right believe,
1: now. I believe he's his own agent too. So that's another like Ooh. crazy wrinkle and all this. I think he's, I think he represents himself. So that's another part of this that it just makes it unpredictable.
0: Yeah. I did not realize that that's case. Oh boy. That's, that's, that's funny. That is very interesting for sure. And like I said definitely adds another wrinkle. I can't imagine the two gyms in a room together. How that would how that would go for sure. But man, a deep fly in the wall. That'd be a fly in the wall, George. That <laughs> would be it. interesting. Uh, and finally, here the last head coaching note, at least that came out over the weekend, is that obviously we've talked on the last pod. In case you missed it, make sure you do check it out. Uh, the Blue Horse probably talked about some candidates outside. Of just Jim Harbaugh, that's been the main guy we've talked to a lot. You throughout Ron Rivera, we'll see Ron Rivera if he's if he's the head coach of the Commanders on Monday or not. Um, but if it's not Ron Rivera, a name that's getting a lot of steam this weekend is right now Bill's defensive coordinator Leslie Frazier. Your thoughts, George?
1: I wonder if he's not kind of a safety blanket kind of a pick here and in, in the sense that you've got a guy who has an NFL history so he can come in and he can bring experience back. He can, he can stop the the three ring circus from turning for a minute. You know what I mean? In terms of, of just knowing what it takes to build a staff, to build a staff that, that has an NFL caliber uh, experience level in uh, to kind of calm some things down. So I, I don't think he's a guy that would really excite me for one reason. I, I think you've got to come out after you, Made the statements that you made as an owner in Jim say about Frank Reich, and after you fired him in the midseason when the, you were three five and one, you got to come out of this with a guy with a coach that at least fifty percent of the fan base can can feel like is a better head coach than Frank Reich. I don't think Leslie Frazier meets that that bill. I mean, if you look at their their tenure, uh, the Frank Reich here and Leslie Frazier with the Vikings, I think you'd have to to lean towards Frank Reich. Um, but I think there's a lot of things here that that make him. You know, a lesser of of many evils, I guess, <laughs> out there. In you know, when we were talking about like with Ron Rivera, if it comes down to, you know, certain guys, I think he's a safety net in a lot of ways because he's another guy who's been here as an assistant, has a long history with Tony Dungy, uh, you know, has a long history with Bill Polian, uh, and so we'll we'll understand what he's getting into. You know, he'll know what what the situation is here. And I think he's a guy on this list who would be really happy to get another opportunity. You know, he's been doing a great job with the bills as a defense coordinator. Um, I'm sure you can read down that list of accomplishments and make the case for why he deserves another head coaching job and, and and why he's a fit here. Uh, So I do, to me, he's sort of that, I don't know, the safety net, you know, if everything else falls through, if you can't get Jim Harbaugh, and you can't uh land maybe one of the, the, the top young offensive minds, maybe Leslie Frazier is a spot where you can go and you can feel like, hey, you know, if nothing else, he can come in here and he can put you on more solid ground than the chaos that we're seeing right now as far as this franchise goes.
0: I think you're right. You characterize that really well because I I'll be honest, when the like when you see the reports going on Leslie Frazier, Leslie Frazier, like why the hell would they want to like be interested in Leslie Frazier? But I think that right. It makes sense, especially it makes sense when you kind of piggyback off of our last conversation on Friday about, you know, talking about options. And it's like, okay, we, we've thrown out guys like, I like Shane Sykin, and Eagles off coordinator, or the Giants off coordinator, Mike Kafka. You're a good point. It's like, well, just because the Colts have interest in those guys, maybe it be a good fit doesn't mean that they have interest in the Colts back. And you see kind of how this team has gone. And we know Nick Siani's, you know, connection with Frank Reich and his disdain right now for this Colts organization. Like the Colts right now are not, you know, the, the darling in everyone's eye in terms of job opening. So, like, I, you are right. Like if the students just aren't interested, if D'Amico Ryan says, thanks for no thanks, Mike Kafka says, I'm going to go elsewhere, Shane Sykes says, ah, you know, I saw you tr- treated Frank Reich, I'm going to either take another job or be patient, say Nick next year, I will get another opportunity next year or something like that. Then it's like, where do you go? Like, honestly, you threw a Ron Rivera, and that's someone who I think said like would come to Indy. I don't know if I feel great about that. And Leslie Frazier, I think you're also right. He would come to Indy. But if we're talking about a Leslie Frazier-led Colts team next year, not feeling good whatsoever. That's that's a. At this point, I think it has to be Hardwire Bus. I
1: I think that he's the one guy who can come in here and and maybe start winning right away. Who could have a Doug Peterson kind of impact on this team and and, and turn things around and make you forget how this season ended and, you know come out of it right away I think with Leslie Frazier like I said I think you're just going to have he's going to be able to put together a staff that's one question I have with Jeff Saturday quite frankly can he put together an NFL staff so much of that's connections the guys you came up with the, the place that you were previously coaching and the coaches who kind of worked with you being able to you know you call the guys you came up with and you say hey I need a linebackers coach who knows this system and they read off five guys names to you they know are in the system you know and then you go and you you reach out to Jeff Saturday doesn't have that network Because he was at ESPN, he wasn't here, you know, in the, in the NFL building that, I mean, he could put together probably some of his former teammates. uh, And that would be an interesting thing to see, I mean, going to next year, and it's basically the early 2000s Colts as as a coaching staff, certainly be an experiment. Uh, But yeah, I think Leslie Frazier is a guy that could could come in here and, and put together a a quality NFL staff. The big question with him, as it would be with D'Amico Ryan's, uh, but even more so with, with Leslie Frazier's, who is his offense coordinator? Who's his quarterbacks coach? Who are the guys who are going to groom this? Uh, you know, assumedly young quarterback that you're bringing in that that's where the real question comes from. We've seen it work. I mean, Sean McDermott was a defensive guy and and went up to Buffalo and they were able to to, to build. Josh Allen up um, you know it's not out of the question uh, but I think it's that that would be my biggest if I'm interviewing Leslie Frazier for this job I want to know who are you bringing in to be your offensive coordinator Who you bring in to be your quarterbacks coach
0: 100% right and the last thing I'll say about Jeff Saturday to kind of put a bow and kind of circle back to him since we started this uh this portion of the pod with Jeff Saturday you're also right also you know part of building a staff is connections but also his belief level like sometimes you can hire someone that you don't you really know too much, but you heard the good things about, but they will come to you know work with you because they have a belief that, hey, I think this guy can be good at coach. I'm going to be on a staff. And as you know, like if you're an assistant, you want to try to rise up. Being on a good staff with a good team is how you get your name back out of the mix. And I don't really know many, many assistants around the country, many assistants in this league that would say, oh, yeah, I want to hitch my wagon to Jeff Saturday. And any young up-and-coming minds would say, you know, I'm going to be the offense coordinator for Jeff Saturday because I have belief in him. You're going to probably get Ken in two years. And that's the thing you're signing up to get fired most likely because it's going to be a failure. So it's just like that's like his belief level. And Jeff Saturday doesn't have going for him, or really a belief level in the league that he can actually turn this around. So it's again, I'm, George, we don't need any more reasons. We said that for like a ton. That's the another one, another reason why absolutely there should be no Jeff Saturday. Uh, again, we have already seen we should have seen on Sunday the last game as him as Colts head coach for short. Sure. All right, when we return here in the Blue Horseshoe Pod to finish up, you mentioned Doug Peterson. Perfect timing because Doug Peterson in his first year in Jacksonville turned the Jags around from first overall pick to AFC South Champs. What does this mean for the Colts and their future going forward here in this division? We'll discuss when the Blue Horseshoe Pod returns.